Well, once again, a Merry Christmas. As the band uh, has just done an amazing job just leading us in the presence of God, we're just take a moment here and just kind of uh, reflect on the Christmas story and what that means uh, for us. It's been a great season of Advent um, as we've celebrated the gifts that come with God's presence. Uh, we've walked through the uh, Advent calendar this season and uh, had a candle at each time. Um, maybe you've been doing something like this in your home. Um, or maybe it's something that uh, you've never done before, never seen before. Basically, all we're doing is each time we light a candle, it's just that every week we add one more, and it's this journey towards uh, the center candle. It reflects uh, the Christ candle, and that's the one that we're going to light here uh, tonight. Uh, so first we'll start with week one of hope. And then week two, we talked about the gift of love that we have in Christ. And week three was the gift of joy. And week four is the gift of peace. And so tonight we light the Christ candle as the gift of God with us. And so let's just take a minute. We've got some scriptures we're going to walk through and just take a moment here. Uh, before that, we just join me in a quick word of prayer. Father God, you are a good God. And we just thank you here for this evening. Um, thank you for all that you're doing. Um, we just ask that you would... Um, just be here in this place right now as we just celebrate Christmas, as we uh, reflect on um, what that means and what that, uh, what that calls us to, Father. Uh, we celebrate your first Advent, and Father, we look ahead uh, to the next Advent, Father God. We just long for you in our lives each and every day. We thank you for, for what Christmas means. We thank you for your presence here. In your name, amen. Well, one of the places where we see that the Christmas story is in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, Begin verse 18, we read this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and, uh, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and, and shall call, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 23 tells us this, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. If we continue to read, we hear about uh, the wise men coming to to, uh, bestow gifts to the Savior that was born. But tonight we celebrate the very gift of God himself, Emmanuel, God with us. We were talking about over this past month, all the gifts that we received, the joy, the love, the peace, the hope of God being in our lives. But tonight we celebrate the man himself, the God himself, the Son of God, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 says this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them, uh, on them has light shone. See, Christmas is a season of light in our culture. 
as we drive up and down our streets during the Christmas season, we see more lights than usual, right? Because everyone has Christmas tree lights or in their window that are showing through. They put lights on their house or uh, throughout their yard. And uh, Have you seen these new lights out where it projects like a sparkling pattern across the entire house? Awesome. Definitely, you know, people are up in their game and their Christmas displays, which is always fun. Um, but it's a season of lights. Uh, the lights seem to stay on longer, partly because, you know, it gets darker soon, so we, turn, we light up our homes and uh, we light up our, our buildings and other places we go as we meet together for Christmas plays and concerts and all these things that seem to happen around this time of year. Uh, and whether she has a positive or a negative, storage lights tend to stay on a little longer as they try to make that one last Christmas sale. But it's, it's a season of light. But we know that the true light in a dark world is Jesus. John 14 talks about that where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so if you ever thought to yourself, I, I don't know what to think about God. How, how do I pursue God? What does that look like to know God? It's to pursue Jesus. It's, it's to know Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life that no one can come to the Father except through him. He is, uh, I'm sorry, the way, the truth, and the life, but it begins, John begins talking about how he is the light of the world. And so because Jesus is the light of the world, a few thoughts before we continue praising God through song. Because he is the light of the world, because eternal life is found in him, first thing we can do is rest in the truth of who Jesus is. We can rest in the truth of who he is. He is the Son of God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're still just kind of investigating some of this. You're not sure about this person, Jesus. Like, well, I've, how can I know? If that's where you are here this, this evening, know that you're in a good place, a place where you can investigate that. We're not going to kick you out because you're still asking questions about Jesus. We're actually going to welcome you in and say, hey, what questions do you have? Let's talk about it. Let me share with you why I believe Jesus is God. We can have those kind of conversations together. I believe Jesus is God because of all the people who have made that claim throughout history. He's the only one who was able to prove it. Well, how did he prove it? See, well, because he went to the cross, gave up his life, died, was buried, and th on the third day rose again. Wasn't that just a story reading the Bible? We have eyewitnesses who tell their account, not just a handful. But he appeared to hundreds of people in that time. Thousands could testify to what had been happening in that time. And those are recorded. And there's evidence that as we dig back, we can see that. That's just one of the reasons as to why I believe he is who he says he is. And so if you're investigating, investigating who he is, maybe tonight's the first time you're like, you know what? I don't know what, if it's just maybe the Christmas season, but I'm at a place where I think I'm finally willing to admit. I'm finally willing to surrender my life to him and say, Jesus, I believe that you are God and to receive the gift of God with us. When we do that, it's that simple. You've given and received gifts tonight, I imagine, or today, or maybe tomorrow. And it's always two parts. It's the, here you go, I got something for you. And it's the reception, the thank you. And so if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight, uh, simply, it's done through prayer. It's by confessing with your mouth that He is Lord and believing in your heart that he was raised from the dead, that he is God. Then you are forgiven. All your sins that separate you from God are washed away past, present, and future. And the next step beyond that, and for those of us here this, this evening who have already received Jesus, is to live with him as our Lord. 
to be in that position of Lord in our life. And I was thinking about this. I think a lot of us today are tempted to live with Jesus as our landlord as opposed to our Lord. Have you ever had a landlord? Think about even like a concept, maybe an apartment building where you know, if you're renting a home or something, you maybe don't see your landlord all that often. But if you're in an apartment complex, it's common or uh, it's possible that the landlord has you know, maybe that first door right by the, the main entryway. That, that's his unit. And it's possible to see him every way you know, as you go out to work and come back. And So how do we interact with our landlord? Well, he's got some rules we need to follow, right? You know, I can't be too loud, can't turn the music up, can't crank it, can't be dancing around my, my clogs. Um, but it's got some rules we need to follow. And we want to be kind and, and friendly, right? Every time you see, you, you want to be in a good relationship with the landlord because if something breaks, you want to be the first one on the list that he'll come and fix it right away. Okay, I'll take care of that. Oh, no, he never smiles at me. I'm not going to fix whatever his issue. No, you, you want me, so we smile, we friendly. So we begin our day. Hey, how you doing? We follow his rules. But see, that's not the relationship that God desires with us. That's not why he sent his son so that we could simply have a landlord relationship or a place to live but that we can have a position with him as our Lord, one who has set the path of our lives and that we submit to him and follow him. And yes, that's a process to learn what that looks like and how to do that and how to take those steps. But it begins by saying, Jesus, you are my Lord and I will follow you. So let's rest in the truth of who Jesus is this Christmas season. There's always all these um, Christmas story movies on TV, right? this time of year. And at every point, I always look for that moment where they say, oh, the reason for the season is this. And they try to explain it apart from Jesus. Oh, the reason for the season is to love other people. The reason for the season is to help one another out. The reason is to give gifts. They, they try to take all these things that happen in us as a result of following Jesus, but they cut out Jesus. And yet when we see really what Christmas is about, it's about resting in the truth of who Jesus is. And that's why we do all that we do, because we believe he was the son of God. Have you received that? If you have, praise him for that. We're going to have a chance to do that again tonight through, uh, through a few more songs of praise and carols, of praising God for who he is. I encourage you, tonight, tomorrow, find time to gather with your family and simply praise God for who he is. Because Jesus is the light of the world, and in him is found eternal light, we can dwell in his presence. How's your Christmas been so far? Or how do you think it will be? Has it been, been a blessing? Has it been good? Has it been a little hectic? Good, yeah, yeah. Someone got the Legos they're looking for. Awesome. I think too often we approach Christmas as, as this simple moment. Okay, I've gathered together, we unwrapped our presents, we had the food, we gave some hugs, and now we go back home and, you know, life kind of begins back up. But see, I think oftentimes Christmas isn't that simple. I mean, really nothing is really all that simple in life. Here's a prophecy we've talked about in the past weeks. And this prophecy was given during a time of suffering. During a time of exile where the people of God had gone through all kinds of things and were going through all kinds of things. Isaiah 9, 6-7 says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of the peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness for, uh, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So in a time of suffering, the prophet Isaiah shares with God's people, for to us 
A child is born. To us, a son is given. He begins to talk about the names to be known by because of what he'll do. Mighty God, everlasting Father, wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. And when this prophecy is realized, is a time of turmoil. We talked about this a little bit last week. How we see the birth of Jesus, and then in that time, shortly thereafter, the person who was in power, Herod, was so afraid of losing his power that he would kill anybody who he thought could potentially take over for him. He actually had killed one of his sons, he killed a wife, he'd killed some people in positions of leadership in his court. Anyone who could potentially usurp his throne, he would just have him killed. And so when he heard about this uh, Jewish king that had been born, he wanted him dead. And so when the wise men came to Herod and said, hey, we heard that in Bethlehem is where it's going to happen, you know, where, they kind of look, you know, point us in the direction, they follow the star, and they head there. And Herod says, hey, when you find him, come back and let me know where he is so I can worship him. But that was a ruse. He didn't want to worship him. He wanted to kill him. And the wise men were warned, hey, don't go back to Herod. And so they left a different way. When Herod realized that they weren't coming back, he said, all right, well, I'll take care of it this way. He had every male child under two years slaughtered, simply trying to kill this this king that was prophesied. But God intervened and, and, and rescued Mary and Joseph and Jesus, and so he wasn't killed, obviously. But again, this is a time of suffering and turmoil and all this. It's not this simple, neat little thing where you put a bow on the top and say, Merry Christmas. Because see, a child is born, a son is given. Um, all kinds of different ways we can respond to that. And that happens in all kinds of different situations in our lives, right? One thing I saw a little tangent I want to hit on. Notice that it says, a child is born, a son is given. It doesn't say, a son is born. That's significant when you think about it. Because for us, I actually had the joy of this. We had a son born uh, this year. My, my, my one and only son uh, was born uh, April 28th. And so to, to me, a son was born. Because he, he, he wasn't there before, but then he was born. Was, There's a beginningness to birth, right? And so his life outside of the womb begins at that birth, and then we can interact with them and, and have him as our son. But Jesus has always been. If we go back to Genesis, we read the creation account, we see uh, signs that it wasn't just God, but the Father, but God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit all present during creation. So birth is a beginning, and there's a beginning of this child, uh, Jesus in human form, coming as a man, but a son was given, because the son was already there, the son was already present, the son was already God. And so this son is given. Well, when my son was born... Uh, we had all kinds of joy and great anticipation because of just how some of our, the, the first two kids were born. Um, it was wise. Our, our doctors recommended we do a planned C-section. So we knew the date that we were going to the hospital. We knew well, the time it was going to happen. It was a, a very planned out thing. Um, if you've never had that experience, it's really kind of weird. It's like, all right, 7 o'clock, let's go have a baby. All right, so we go to the hospital and I right, get everything all scrubbed up and set. And you know, the nurse has a bunch of questions. Okay, it's now eight o'clock and we got you all set. Let's go have a baby. It's just, it's ever so like planned out. And then you lay you're in the hospital room, your, your wife's sitting on the table and you got the sheet up so you don't see what they're doing. And they cut her open. There you got a baby. It's all planned out. And so up until that moment, this joy and anticipation, we're so excited. We knew when it was going to happen and we could look forward to that. And that's kind of like Christmas, right? 
For, for many of us, it has, it's a season of joy and anticipation because we know whether you celebrate on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or, or the whole grouping of that, uh, or Christmas Adam, which is the day before Eve because Adam came first before Eve. Um, you can celebrate with ribs. Um, whatever you celebrate or however you celebrate, you know that time and, and it's, it's coming and there's this joy. And okay, it's here, Christmas Eve. It's here, Christmas Day. And we celebrate. And so we, we had that experience with the birth of our son. There's a great sense of peace and rest after he was born. You know, they let you hold him and do all those fun things. And then they get him all cleaned up. and Well, they get him cleaned up and they let you hold him. And then um, they check everything out. And then you end up, you're back in the hospital room. And um, fortunately for us, we have family nearby. So our other kids were with family. And so it was just me, my wife, and our new child. And everything else was taken care of. There wasn't work to be done. There wasn't projects to, to be, Well, there were, but they were at home and weren't going to deal with them. <laughs> but... The kids were cared for. It was just this time of peace and stillness. Me, my wife, and our our new son. It was such an interesting time. He'd feed them and change them and just hold them and look at them and just be in amazement and wonder. I think, again, the Christmas season, there's a, a real time of peace and rest. This stillness in the midst of the wonder of this great thing that has happened, of this great gift that had been given. And so I imagine, why well, I don't know if it was a completely silent night, the night Jesus was born. I imagine there was a sense of peace and rest. When the, when the shepherds arrived, and they just saw this son that was given, this child that was born. And they knew that was this prophesied Messiah. He would be the Prince of Peace. He would be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. I don't remember if it was the first night. It was the second night that we had my son. Um, he, he was taken in the night. I say that kind of for, for dramatic effect, but that's how I felt as a father. Uh, so it, we, you know, been a, even though we was planned, you know, I hadn't gotten a lot of sleep and was pretty tired and you know, I'm trying to be helpful because, you know, she had the C-section so can't get up out of the bed and so I'm trying to care for him in the night from the previous night so it, has, it had to be the second night. And so it was close to midnight, and the nurses come in every once in a while. They check on mom, check on baby. And so I'm, I'm, I finally pass out on the couch, and I, I wake up probably about 3 or 4 in the morning after a little nap, and, and he's not in the room. And we find out that he got taken to the, the NICU, the, the neonatal um, intensive care. And um, no, we hadn't been told, and, and it just all of a sudden he was gone. And um, so we buzzed the nurse, and she says, oh, yeah, we, we took him here. And there was a, an issue with his breathing. We just want to monitor it. And the short version of the story is they found he has a pneumothorax, which basically, it's very common, they say, for bigger babies who are born C-section, which he was a bigger baby born C-section, so it made sense. And they say on that first gasp of air they take, they actually break some of the, the, the vessels in, in the lining of their lungs that creates an air, air can get in between their lung and the rest of their body, and it creates this little pocket, and then the, everything seals back up, so it's stuck in there. And they said, it, it'll reabsorb into his body, and, and typically, it's okay, and it goes away, but here's all the risks of what could happen. And, um, you know, so they had the one doctor saw him, and, and then, you know, another doctor, every day they kept seeing him, and um, they kept him in there for, it was, it was about a day and a half, two days, maybe two and a half, I don't remember. Um, time just kind of lost in there um and now knowing that you know everything worked out and that he was healthy it's really easy to share this story uh, but i know there's a lot of families and a lot of parents out there who have a, a similar story whether it's a pneumothorax or something different and, and it's not a positive ending they, they don't have their eight-month-old child that they could say hey look you know look at my son look at my daughter because maybe they lost that child 
Or maybe they didn't even get to that point of delivery. Uh, maybe just I mean, this things, there's chaos that happens in our lives. And, and the way my wife tells the story is, is she got the, the front row seat when we, were, we finally, you know, okay, he's in the NICU, which is fortunately one, one door down, and so we got to go in there. And I think a, a typical response of a parent coming in the NICU is they just they know their kids there and they're coming to, to visit them and just spend time with them. And so the nurses are probably used to seeing these parents who come in, oh, where's so-and-so? Okay. Or they know where they are and it's, you know, how you doing? And I came in, I'm like, where's my son? <laughs> I, was, I wasn't trying to be a jerk. Sorry. I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but I was not happy. I was low on sleep. Papa Bear's claws were coming out. And I'm like, where's my son? Why is he in here? What's wrong? And the nurse, oh, we'll call the doctor. He'll be here in a minute. As she started slowly backing away, my wife's like, she was scared of you. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just the beer. Don't worry. Um, you know, so I spent those, those times in the hospital. You know, my wife was somewhat limited what she could visit in there because, again, the surgery, she had to be in, in her bed. And so I just would hold him, and he'd be hooked up to all the wires with a monitor in him. I'd be praying. And uh, this one song I kept playing over and over again, how deep the Father's love for us. I just talked about how God loves us so much that he gave us his son, Jesus, as a sacrifice so that we could have life, that he would make this wretch his treasure. And that just kept going through my mind. And in this place of, of frustration and worry and concern and anger and, and all this, I just had to be left at a place of trusting that God is who he says he is, that he has the power to heal, and if he doesn't choose to heal in this situation, that he has the power to sustain, the power to bring joy and hope and love and peace despite the worldly situations because there is an eternal life that awaits not only my family, not only my son, however that played out, unfortunately played out to where we have him here today, but for all people. And so wherever you come in here, However you come in here tonight, whether you're in a place of joy and anticipation of celebrating Christmas, a place of just peace and stillness as you reflect on the wonder of what God has done, or if you have hurt and sorrow and hopelessness or because you feel helpless or even anger towards God, let me ask you this again. How's your Christmas been? How do you expect it to be? It's okay if it's not simple. Not much is. It's okay if there's no fancy bow on the top of life right now. It's still good to celebrate the gifts that have been given to us. Because church, for to us a child is born. Emmanuel, God with us. To us a son is given. Let us receive him. Let us praise him. Let us follow him. So regardless of the emotion with which you approach this season, regardless of what's going on in your life right now, no matter how amazing or how challenging, the truth is that God has given a great gift, that he is with us, that he will not forsake us or abandon us, and that we can celebrate his first advent as a reminder of his second. We can celebrate that he came once already as we look forward to the promise that he'll come again. Because Jesus is the light of the world and in him is found eternal life, let us expectantly and actively await his advent. I want to invite you back Sunday morning as we close out our Christmas present series looking at the promise of Jesus' return. We're here every Sunday at 10 o'clock, but what we're going to do here to really look at what do we do in this season of waiting. We celebrate the fact that he's already come. We look forward to the fact that he's coming again, that he will return, that he'll wipe away every tear, that he will take care of all, all that is wrong in this world and bring a new heaven and a new earth and there'll be eternal life found in him. As we await that time, what do we do? Well, we praise him, we follow him, we receive him. Then we share him. 
We proclaim him, his goodnesses. That's why we celebrate Christmas as well, to proclaim the goodness of Jesus. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to praise him by candlelight. And I'm going to light these candles, beginning with this one, off of the Christ candle in the middle. And then we're going to pass it down the aisles, and we'll go to the ends, and we'll, as it spreads, you know, pass it to the person next to you. And as we do that, let this be an image of what we're to do as we celebrate his first coming and look forward to his second. That we share the light of Jesus that's in us. And we celebrate and, and, and anticipate the life that comes through following him. Uh, a quick word of direction. Uh, parents, it's your choice. If your kid has a candle, whether you gave it to them or not, it's your choice whether or not it gets lit. Uh, you're, you're, if you could just take a, a responsibility for that. Um, also, as you pass the light, the person with the lit candle, keep your candle straight and let the unlit candle tip to it to light. Otherwise, you're dumping hot wax everywhere if you do it the other way, which is not fun. Um, so uh, keep the lit candle up. And then we're going to sing a few songs of praise. We're going to kill the lights here in a minute. And uh, as we do, let's just reflect on, on what it's like to be in that position of waiting, knowing that good times will come, challenging times will come, times of joy, times of hopelessness. But through it all, our hope, our love, our peace, our joy are found in Christ who's promised to return. And so let us expectantly and actively await that return by proclaiming who he is, that he is Jesus, the Son of God, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.